Castle hate school. I am Man Bun Man. I mean, Helimar Carly. Oh my God. I mixed it up for a second there because I was confused because I have a man bun right now. Not that I'm going to wear it this entire episode, but I was just thinking to myself, these motherfuckers haven't seen me in a man bun on any of the episodes that I've done. And the next logical thought, obviously, is how you going to name yourself after a damn gun and have a man bun? <clears throat> if you know, you know. Now it's time to take it off and just let it breathe, okay? That's what we're doing. We're letting the hair down. We're letting it flow. I just wanted to show you guys I am versatile. I can wear a number of hairstyles, pull it off, look cool as fuck, and have other people going, what's his secret? Well, <clears throat> the secret is having gray hair and not caring about looking masculine. That's really what it is. So <clears throat> I'm here doing the damn thing, and we got a big show planned. I don't know if I'm going to get to everything in here. I have so many things planned, so many exciting little segments, so many exciting things happening to me this week. Ugh, my God. Um, just wanted to start off by saying, first of all, um, issue an apology to all the strong guys Sorry, strong guys who didn't get the sweatshirt because, yeah, I have the early merch from Chris D'Elia himself. We met up. We squashed the beef. It was just a misunderstanding as far as me thinking he was on steroids. He explained to me that he's only doing SARMs and pro-hormones. So I said, my bad, bro. <laughs> I didn't realize, obviously, looking at you, um, I think you understand where I'm coming from uh, making the mistake to assume that you're on copious amounts of anabolic steroids. He said, nothing personal. Um, he called off the attack dogs in the comment section and said, yo, 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 chill. This guy's cool. It's all good. You know, I got the merch. Um, as soon as I make some merch for haters will say, I'm going to send it his way. And we can have a, a tag team photo shoot thing going on. So look out for that in the future. <clears throat> all right. I'm about to tell you what's up with me in a segment I call Supful. Um, this week, I'm going to start off with something a little more serious and dark. My cat has gone missing. Very serious issue for me, um, just because it's stressful. I love my cats. I love all of them, have four of them, <clears throat> and I, you know, have had cats missing before that have turned up dead, and uh, I have gone to great lengths with my current cat. Uh, with my current cats to not allow them to roam freely and <clears throat> even having, you know, certain protocols in place, like not allowing them outside of the courtyard, <clears throat> keeping them on leashes or harnesses, these things can still happen. Um, so basically what happened was, uh, I took them out, I took three of them, kept a sick one inside that has a FIP, as I mentioned before, and <clears throat> Spider, the male cat, and the oldest out of them who I found uh, on Franklin Avenue while going for a run, bought him off a homeless guy, brought him back to the crib in 2018, so he's about three and a half years old. Um, Different cats that I have will try to escape the courtyard in different ways. Spider went out to the front, immediately must have jumped over the front fence while I was looking at my other cat, Vixen, who tries to escape out the back. So it happened within a number of minutes, and by the time that I noticed he was gone, you know, I'll check over the, the front fence and see where he is, and kind of, they usually just hug the alleyway. This, uh, or hug the, the perimeter of the house. That... Uh, didn't happen, couldn't find him, you know, immediately expanded the search. And um, that was on Monday. It's Thursday. That was Monday night. It's Thursday now. <clears throat> you just got to go through the motions. And I'm only bringing this up just to be transparent and real and let you in on my life and not come in and, you know, pretend everything's hunky-dory, even though I think there's obviously a lot of power in doing the things that you normally do. I'm not going to not shoot the podcast. I'm not going to not work out, even though I went to the gym yesterday. And <laughs> it's always funny how people like test you uh, when it's the wrong time to say some shit. Like I walked in and I was actually like, I hadn't changed my clothes for like two days. And I just had uh, somebody wanted to work out and I didn't have a change of clothes on me. Um, so I actually went and like and worked out in a black waffle shirt that I'd been wearing. I'd been wearing this sweatshirt all around uh, in the rain. And uh you know, just was like, fuck it, I'm going to go do this workout in jeans and, and a waffle shirt, which I never would normally do. And anyway, the guy at the, the front's like, where you been, man? 
I'm like, you know, I'm not going to go into it like, looking for my cat that's probably dead. <laughs> um, but it's always just those moments where it's like, I don't want to go into it, but you're just saying the wrong things right now. Like, <laughs> I missed you, bro. What's happening? <laughs> Notice you haven't been working out. <laughs> um, and then on the way out, like I did a really, not super quick, but let's say I took like 30 or 40 minutes versus my typical hour doing a back workout. <clears throat> but Got in as many sets, I was just like super setting stuff. And then when I come out, he's like, that's it? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> like, and I just kind of like mocked him like, where you been? You're working out too slow. And he's like, yeah, I'm just holding you accountable. I'm like, thanks. That's what I need right now. <laughs> um, no fault of him. It's just one of those like ironic little moments that happens when if somebody, you know, can't read a room. But also I'm not trying to go out there and be like, <laughs> help me. Oh my God, my cat's missing. Um, I don't want anybody's sympathy. I know people are out there who are probably going to understand uh, the situation because you've had a missing pet, <laughs> but I'm not out there going, please help me, thoughts and prayers. Like, you do what you got to do. I'm neither optimistic nor pessimistic. You just have to go through the steps of looking for putting out the flyers and, and being persistent while also letting it not letting it drive you crazy. I've been through this before, and you stay up all night for days at a time and, you know, go spin your wheels going through the same paths and, and, you know, you end up having like hallucinations. Like you start to see the cat everywhere and hear the cat everywhere. And, and, uh, you know, I'm just trying to not let that happen again because ultimately, you know, you can't do anything if you don't have your mental health. <clears throat> you can't even search for a pet effectively. So, um, it was, uh, I actually, this morning wanted to, you know, bring the story to, to this part, <laughs> which is I, uh, hired a bloodhound handler. She's a pet detective in Los Angeles. <clears throat> um, Brendan was nice enough to chime in with, I'd just take your money and light it on fire. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> Which actually is funny if you, you know, have the relationship that we do. I appreciate levity like that in times like these. And I half agree with him. Um, <clears throat> but look, if you're a hater, you can't say that. You can only be, you know, my friend who would actually drive over and help me look if I asked you to. Um, so... I did hire this woman. She comes out. She uses trained bloodhounds to like sniff a piece of the, um, you know, your your pet where your pet stays, or a piece of like its blanket or something. You give it the scent, and then it has to smell your other cats. So it came in the apartment, smelled the other cats, and they're like freaking the fuck out because we you have to put them in a carrier and let the bloodhounds sniff each one of them to say these are not the ones that you're looking for. You got to look for this scent, and um, you know what she ends up doing is providing you like with the map of like it's not here but it's over here and we went over here and they picked up a scent so did we find the live cat no um i had to go before i got all the notes um to film this podcast but you know it just helps you narrow down the search and narrow down like okay it could be in this area if anything again i'm not op optimistic i you know, um, in the sense of like, I'm not deluding myself or attaching myself to any outcome. And I think that's, you know, I wanted to bring this up too, because I think that's an approach um, that is healthy in a lot of different ways that you can want to do something and work hard and do everything necessary to that. And whether that's like, you know, a profession or a pet or a relationship or, you know, somebody you're pursuing, I mean, you, you can do the right things and still, know that the healthiest approach is a non-attachment. You can work hard and really, really want that, but not like convince yourself that it has already happened and act entitled or attached or, you know, expect something that you just ultimately have no control over. So just wanted to get the... What about the psychic? Oh, <laughs> and, um, you know, actually, Brendan, Brendan asked about the psychic and... Funny enough, multiple people have brought that up. So when Brendan said that, I was like, you, you know, <laughs> making a joke. But, um, you know, multiple people have like, have you considered a psychic? And it's like, you know, I just, I wish I could believe in shit like that. I wish I could believe in, you know, pet psychics and stuff like that. If that's what works for you, if that's going to, you know, help you out. Uh, if somebody comes in and is like, spotter, oh, yeah, got him right here. He's dead. Okay. That helps you move on because really you're just looking for closure. I want to know either way. You know, it's it's tough to lose a pet and not know what happened, right? Because then you're going to be spinning your wheels for the rest of your life, like not knowing what the fuck happened. At some point, you just you want closure. Um, <clears throat> so other things that happened to me this week, I wanted to follow up with a guy from last week, Goliath, who um, I gave a shout out because he gave a shout out to me. He makes uh, amazing glass pipes. 
He said, quick story. He said, can't thank you enough for the shout out, especially the timing due to old memories um, from this time last year. Quick storyline. Connor, my son, is nonverbal, autistic, will always live with us. He's not my biological son, um, and it's not my biological son. Within the first year of dating his mom, I made a promise to always take care of them both. His biological father with two other kids abandoned Connor and his mom because Connor wasn't a normal kid, which hits home for me. My dad used to beat me nine ways to Sunday, and in a few weeks marks the 16th anniversary of when he killed my stepmom and shot himself on the phone with me. I, feel, I felt abandoned myself. With that, now I'm, I'm now blessed to have the opportunity to give Connor the best life I can possibly give and be the dad he deserves. I work 12 hours a day, seven days a week for them, and lucky and thankful to have them in my life. So I know that's obviously very dark, but I wanted to read that out because I, I just think we saw what a positive guy he was before and how you work through things like that, <clears throat> um, you know, to put my own situation in perspective or anybody's situation, you know, if if you're uh, if you've been you know beaten and abused and, and somebody committed suicide on the phone with you and you can work through all that um, to get to a place where you're happy positive optimistic uh, have a healthy relationship and make money doing you know something you love that's incredible and uh, you know it takes away a lot of excuses I know that I can make my for myself and I'm sure maybe you do too um, final thing I wanted to say was I went on the Stevie Weeby show. Didn't really know what to expect. Hadn't watched an episode. Quickly watched the episode with Lil Browse um, and realized, like, man, this guy, Stevie, who I had only talked to once briefly in the green room at the Ha Ha Cafe uh, Comedy Club, you know, has such an extensive knowledge on music and, and uh, you know, is a really smart, interesting guy. We mainly talked about, like, we did talk about wrestling, which we have in common, because I guess he was a big... 103 pounder down in San Diego. So we had fun talking about amateur wrestling, but most of the time he was grilling me about fitness stuff. And if you want to hear like me talk in depth for an hour straight, just about fitness stuff, um, or 90% just about fitness stuff, you could go check out that episode because, uh, you know, he's grilling me on a lot of the basics. And I think that sometimes this is an example of like a reason I started this podcast was I started to realize more and more that people are like him that they don't know that, you know, there's the same amount of calories in a Snapple that there is in a Coke, et cetera, and, you know, that, that you can get sugar-free options that you can, um, like, he wants to get lean and just seem to have really no idea how to go about that, but that's more common than I realized. And so I kind of tried to break it down, many different questions that he had in simple, straightforward terms um, that are easy to digest, but it seemed seemingly people enjoyed the conversation and got something out of it. And, you know, I, I usually try to segment all the things that I talk about on the show, but that was kind of like an hour long of just me going into, you know, the basics. So check it out. Um, all right, boy, oh boy, we have a special hater of the week this week. When I, when Chris D'Elia posted my, uh, my clip from last week, um, you know, it was interesting reading through the comments and seeing that many people either didn't get it, as I said, or did get it, or, you know, and uh, one person who chimed in was former WWE wrestler. I actually didn't know who this person was. I'd never heard his name and didn't know who he was. Uh, um, Kevin Nash, but I saw that he had a blue check and he chimed in to say, do they make that wig in women's? And I was like, um, I, I didn't have any idea who he was. I clicked through his page, saw that he had really small calves and said something back like, um, hey, Kevin, you know, <laughs> uh, you're, I used to think I had the skinniest calves in the world. Thank you for proving me wrong. Appreciate it, bro. Um, and he said something back like, there we go. Some nice tiny little legs that he's got going on. I guess he's like 6'10", but, you know, still, I just wouldn't be talking shit on the internet as a 63-year-old man um, if I looked like him. Now, I'm not here to roast Kevin, although there's a lot to roast about him. I think the irony for me or the lesson as every hater of the week, it's not just about, like, who hates me the most or, you know, who is the harshest or whatever. I always try to do these with, like, a lesson. And often I will say, you know, nobody's hating on you who's like doing less than you or less successful or, or kind of make these examples of people who like, you know, have no followers and or, you know, they're talking about my views and they're posting videos and have no views. There's always some sort of irony or some sort of like they're punching up at you. And rarely do you meet people who are really successful at what they do who also talk shit. But 
because this guy's obviously had a storied career in the in professional wrestling. But <laughs> when I look at his pictures, I'm like, oh, this dude's like a, you know, he looks like a balding grandpa. <clears throat> um, he sort of looks like, you know, Sons of Santa Arky. Um, <laughs> he, if you look at his younger pictures, right, because he's got like thinning gray hair now. And I go, why is this guy like coming after me about a wig? Then you look at his younger pics. Can we throw that up on the screen? Oh, my God. He looks like my doppelganger. <laughs> he looks like my doppelganger. Um, except a little chubbier and uglier. Let's be real. Uh, so this is a dude talking about a wig when he has highlighted wavy blonde hair in the 90s. Uh, ironic, right? So this is that lesson of like, uh, you know, obviously he's done a lot in his life, but he's looking back at me and going like, this dude has what I used to have, right? So in some way, I guess that's a threat to you because the irony of the guy with this exact hair making fun of my hair as if I have women's hair and that's something to mock is just like, oh, it's delicious. I just want to eat the irony up with a fucking spoon. Kevin Nash, the lack of self-awareness you're displaying with a comment like that. Because other people will come on and say like, wig, 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 wig. It's one of the most cliche insults I get online along with like Botox and lip fillers. And it's like, oh, but it's but it's not a wig. It's not Botox. It's not, so what does that say about you? You're like, your hair is too amazing to be real. Okay. But coming from a guy who used to basically have the exact same length of hair and hairstyle, ooh, you just got to love it. <clears throat> now, he went back and forth with me a little bit. Like when I was like, oh, you have the skinniest calves in the world. He was like, they've been taking me to the bank for 35 years. And I was like, oh, he's defensive too. Because notice how I didn't say like, my hair has been taking me to the bank for every commercial I book. Like, you know, I make money off the way I look, but I'm not going to be like, well, you can't say it's a wig because that's what I make money with. Um, he can give a joke, but he can't take it. And I swear to God, if I'm 63 year old, 63 years old talking shit to younger guys on the internet, sneak up behind me with a fucking rifle and just kill me. Uh, you know, it put me out of my misery because I just can't imagine uh, the unhappiness I would be experiencing if I had to go online to shit on strangers to feel good about myself when I'm a senior citizen. I just take my fucking phone away from me and throw it in the lake. Um, <clears throat> I do want to say, though, you know, he's had an obviously very impressive career. Um, he had several different ring names. Chet Lemon, Diesel, Dr. X, Great Oz, Master Blaster Steel. Why do all these sound like gay porn aliases? Um, <laughs> I guess he had a 350-day WWF championship reign, which was the longest uh, streak in the 90s. And also his lifelong streak of never having been in an actual fight is the longest in history. So congratulations, Kevin Nash. <clears throat> uh, your hater of the week. You earned it. Um, you taught everybody a lesson today about hating and irony and jealousy and gave us that that angle of like, ooh, you've done something, but man, you're mad about something, aren't you? You're mad about what you don't have anymore. Thank you very much. Now, speaking of fighting old men, our saucy or not for this week is Conor McGregor. Um, <clears throat> can we bring a picture up of him? This has been circulating around on the internet. Conor McGregor has put on some weight and caused some speculation about whether or not he's still natural. Um, so, yes, Conor McGregor, here we go. He's the, uh, <clears throat> he's looking more and more like a bloated potato every day. He's still got the mindset of a champion. It's just now he's got the face of a retired alcoholic. Um, so, got a question for you. What is the current, this current bulk and him grabbing the fence during his Khabib fight have in common? They're both dirty as fuck. He changed his name from the Notorious to the Diana Ball King of Dublin. Um, <clears throat> he looks like someone told him steroids won't work if he does cardio. People used to criticize him for gassing out in the third round, but now he's going to gas out on the walk to the octagon. Oof. So, when his wife tried to put a salad in front of him, he said, Who the fuck is that guy? Got him. Um... But I, this is a pretty good example of what happens when you, you're on too much proper 12 milligrams of Dianabol every six hours. He says he's eating six meals a day and that now he's up to 195 grams of processed carbs per meal. Booyah! <clears throat> he says he wants to move like a lightweight, hit like a middleweight, and have the face of a guy who can't make heavyweight. Ooh! 
So, what do we all know him for? Last year he got in. <laughs> last year he got into hot water by punching an old man for refusing to drink his whiskey. Now he looks like an old man who just got out of some hot water because security came when he refused to stop drinking whiskey in the hotel jacuzzi. So I guess he put on 35 pounds, you know, since he weighed in against Poirier. He's up to 190 now. Now, I don't doubt he put on 35 pounds. I just question whether any of it went somewhere besides his face. So in all seriousness, I wish Connor the best of luck in his next fight. And if you're watching this, Connor, break a leg. Now, <laughs> all right. So in all seriousness, I'm going to do a little bit more on Connor. When somebody looks like that, you know, do I think he's on steroids? I don't know. I doubt it just given the USADA, um, you know, testing pool that he's in. But he has all the attributes of somebody who looks like somebody who's doing like a DECA D-ball cycle. He looks puffy. He looks like he's gained a lot of weight and lost definition and specifically in his face. Because one of the things that happens when you uh, – do steroids and also eat in a huge caloric deficit is your face gets puffy and you sort of look drastically different. So is it possible? Uh, yeah, I, it is. It's just like, you know, would he risk that? Who knows? He wants to go up to 170 pounds to get his third belt because apparently the first two ran out of notches. No. So is he on steroids or not? I don't know. You know, there's so many things that are out there that are detectable. It's just that, you know, now he could be on a designer steroid that is totally undetectable by the most modern advanced testing, but totally obvious to the most casual observer. Um, that could be a thing, but hmm, I don't know if he'd risk it. So, uh, you know, the verdict is he looks saucy, but I doubt he is. You know what time it is, everybody. We got time for another. This is why we can't have nice gyms where we take a look at all the people doing ridiculous things in the gym. Uh, today, we have this video that I found, which is a guy stacking his uh, legs up, doing a wall sit with like 20 plates. And let me just tell you why I hate shit like this. Because first of all, it's doing nothing. If you notice, uh, where is all the weight sitting? It's all on top of his knees. So the, the manner in which he's loaded these weights to make it seem as if it's impressive, um, you know, to an astute observer, you'll see that it actually doesn't do anything. The only exercise he's doing right now, or the only challenge, uh, is to his tibia and fibia, because he's basically stacking the weight in such a way that the center of gravity of the weight is directly over his shins. So the only thing supporting the weight is not his quads, which if he like had a, a weight closer to his stomach, um, would actually provide leverage to try to get his uh, legs to you know, bend the other direction and force him to sit down. But he's doing a wall sit with everything just stacked on top of his bones. So you're doing nothing. Second of all, what a fucking asshole to take 20 plates from around the gym and then also make it seem like they're all 45s because you're using like the black bumper plates, you know, to make it seem like it's, you know, a thousand pounds when it's probably like, you know, 400 or something like that uh, because I see you can see some of them are 45 some of them are probably 10s but he's obviously not getting the small 10 plates he's getting literally over 20 plates getting somebody else who has to stack them on top of him and try to make this look impressive and I just have to say it's one of the least impressive things that you can do and it reminds me of all these other gym fail videos that we watch where like somebody's using all the plates in the gym to do something like whether it's a partial squat um or, you know, you're using the 100-pound dumbbells or you're just like you're taking the other equipment and putting it all on you and then incorporating other people to help you for something that's totally worthless as a workout. You know, why don't you just do a squat? You know, why don't you do a regular wall sit for like two minutes? Because that's going to be tough. It's going to be actually just as tough as this. Uh, maybe it's going to be a little easier to, to breathe because you don't have all these plates in front of your face. But at the end of the day, it's just stupid, desperate, attention-seeking behavior that actually takes weights away from people who are trying to work out legitimately, and you're doing nothing. You're faking a lift, essentially, uh, and it's pathetic. So to contrast this stupidity, I wanted I saw this video on Worldstar and just thought I have to highlight this today because it's also a lesson of like, there's no excuses. People always talk, well, I don't have access to a gym. Well, you can do a lot in your home just with your body weight if you have a pull-up bar some of these basic equipment even with nothing you can do so much this dude i think he's the same guy who was making like um 
stuff outside like like he's like really good at basketball too is that the same dude but he's obviously just super handy with wood and all that so here he is making these homemade cement plates on a wooden bench that he crafted himself and loading them up now it looks like you know 45s and 35s who knows what it actually weighs but it doesn't really matter because all it matters is that it's uh appropriate resistance for the stuff that he's doing in the size of the dumbbells and barbells don't uh, interfere with his range of motion. So I just think that's super impressive and goes to show you, I remember this coach I had growing up was like, your body doesn't care if you're lifting weights or rocks, you know, and you'll actually see footage of Khabib Nurmagomedov uh, out in the mountains of Dagestan, literally lifting rocks over their head as they're doing hill sprints and all this stuff. And your body doesn't care. So just remember that you can literally lift anything in prison. They do like, you know, stacks of magazines. You fill plastic bags up with water. You put your homie on your back after you butt fuck them and, and do lunges. Um, so it's really no excuses. Anything can be resistance. And if you think you don't have any equipment, you're probably just not being creative enough and you're probably not being open-minded enough. And you think that you need a gym, but that's just not the case because Look at this dude, he's Amish and still getting yoked. Dope. For this week's Hella Sick Fitness pages, I wanna highlight a guy, his name's Alex Leonidas, and his YouTube channel is Alpha Destiny. Now, this dude I've been watching for a while and he just is like really passionate about weightlifting, very intelligent, and uh, has developed a lot of strength himself and to me, isn't dogmatic. Like he's always trying new things and saying, I've been trying this, you know, combination. Like I've been pairing, you know, standing press with a bunch of pull-ups and, or I've been working on this. So specialize for a while and kind of report back uh, his findings. And most recently, I thought this was really interesting since people are typically asking me like how to get big and then how to get ripped, how to get big, how to get ripped, right? Those are probably the two main questions you're going to ask if you are, a guy, you know, you either want to bulk up and get as muscular and strong as possible, or you want to get really lean. This guy has done both of these things back to back within the past year. And the first one, uh, so we see the pictures now that we're scrolling through, he's really ripped, right? Now he's a shorter guy. So I think in these pics, he's like 145, right? And you can see uh, he's got a lot of ab definition. He's natural, by the way. Um, not that he looks like too huge to be natural, but I think it's well noted that he takes pride in that and he's accomplished the strength feats that I'm about to talk about without the use of anabolic steroids according to him and I do actually believe him. But what you'll notice is like he did this cut over the course of like six months, I believe, to get from 185 down to 145. And so a lot of people will be like, what do I need to do you know, to get ripped, I'm not losing that last bit of fat. I'm not, and actually Greg uh, O'Gallagher from Kino Body talked about this week that they, they, there's no such thing as stubborn body fat. It's like, you just have to get leaner. You just have to lose more weight. At 185, you can actually see this guy has abs. If we scroll down a little bit farther and you'll see maybe some of his strength feats because this dude actually benched 405 at 185 pounds and he can't be taller than like, yeah, there we go. The one in the red shirt, uh, there we go. If you click on that, we'll see him. He's not fat in this pic, you know? Um, oh no, that's that's not, that's 300 pounds with bands. They're, oh, the one in the blue shirt, that's it. One more, yeah. Yes. So this is, I mean, you know, he's a strong ass dude. And so he worked up to this, but you can see like he's thick, but it's not like he's fat, right? So at 185 pounds, he's pulling off a legit, 405 pound bench with no bench shirt. He's just got on some uh, elbow sleeves, not even wraps. Um, doesn't look fat. I don't know what the exact body fat percentage is, but you know, you probably see a visible top couple abs. To get down to a place where he's actually ripped and you can see a six pack, that's 40 pounds of difference. Okay. So a lot of people ask me, or the, you know, they'll be at a certain weight and be disappointed that they're not seeing, they're not getting ripped sooner or that they're not seeing results fast enough. But the truth is, you know, even for a small guy, it can be 20, 30, 40 pounds of fat loss before you actually get down to a point where you're super ripped. And the last thing I'll say is he also reports honestly on what it's like to be ripped. If you get down to 8% body fat, you know what? It's really tough uh, physically and psychologically because you can't just reduce your calories forever, right? You can't 
stay in a deficit forever and still feel good. It fucks with you. If you're a natural, it fucks with your testosterone. Um, you have a lot of hunger cravings. You kind of generally feel like shit. Uh, you know, it interferes with your sleep because your body's like, hey, man, you're not feeding me. Like, I need to get up and go hunt um, because our caveman brain is still in that mode of thinking that, like, something's drastically wrong if you're not getting enough food and we need to be hypervigilant and, and get up and do something about it. So... Uh, it can be very stressful to get down to such low body fat percentages, more so as natural, but even if you're enhanced, it's still very difficult. So when you're looking at a fitness influencer who's super ripped and thinks, I want that body, sure, go for that. But part of that equation is, you know, they might only be looking like that part of the year and then posting pictures, like typically they will get really ripped and take a bunch of pictures and then post that throughout the year. So <laughs> they don't even look how they look, you know, in this camera, even before editing. Um, you know, they don't, they don't look even within 15 pounds of how they look. But then secondly, um, you know, it's just not a fun place to live. So just be warned about that when you see physiques that look really great. But other than that, you know, I just think he's a really honest guy. He's, he's great at, every time I watch his video, uh, one of his videos, like I get pumped to do the thing that he's talking about, you know, and he's a really big proponent of the basics and getting strong at like, there's another video up there where he's doing a weighted pull up for, you know, 180 pounds around his waist at the very top there actually. Um, yeah, he's got four plates around his waist and he's doing a chin up with it. So I don't know if you've ever done a weighted pull up, but that is a lot of fucking weight. Um, you know, I can rep with like a plate around my waist, but you know, you want to get a big lats, big lats and a big back, like weighted pull ups are the way to go. You don't really need much else. Um, so just a great example, go check out his page. If you want great workout, uh, ideas and you want to get pumped up. Okay, and you want to get jacked, but you also want to know the reality of what it's like to have dangerously low body fat. Yes, we're going to have another learning portion of the podcast where I teach you about stuff that has to do with lifting and getting jacked AF. In this week's Mark Harley's Academy of Bro Science, we are going to talk about progressive overload. Now, this is a principle that I think gets thrown around a lot, but many people don't kind of understand what it is at its core. When we think of progressing in the weight room, we often think of adding more weight. And of course, you can't do that infinitely. You can't just keep putting on weight. You can maybe when you're a noob and you're stepping in the gym for the first few months or first year or whatever, you can probably add weight every time because your nervous system alone is adapting so quickly to the weights that you've been do you, you're doing if you've never trained seriously before. However, that is going to plateau, even if you're enhanced. Um, at some point, it's going to plateau. Now... How do you push past those plateaus? What are the things outside of purely looking at how much weight is on the bar that you can sort of measure? And what that is, and I was watching a great video on this that kind of just was a reminder of like progressive overload means many things. First of all, more reps, right? Secondly, uh, more sets. Thirdly, less rest. Fourthly, um, higher intensity if you're not going to failure and then you do go to failure, right? Um, and we're talking about, when I say sets, I'm not counting warm-up sets. I'm talking about actual quality sets where you're exerting yourself to, uh, if not absolute failure, within one to two, maybe three reps of failure. Uh, I would consider a quality set with good form where you have a mind-muscle connection and you're actually exerting yourself. So you can increase those sets, uh, increase the frequency of how often you're working a muscle group, right? So if you're only working your chest once a week, well, you can progressively overload via frequency and do it twice or three times or even four times. I wouldn't recommend doing your entire body four days a week per se if you're doing a higher volume, but like you can, you know, you can be on a higher volume program and still, uh, you know, maybe focus on one muscle group at a time that you do almost every day or like, you know, to build up your shoulders. Your shoulders are an example of something, your medial delts at least, that can handle uh, quite a high volume. And that's sort of a separate lesson too that I'll go into at another time, you know, the minimum effective volume or number of sets that you can do per muscle group because it does differ actually each muscle group um, and the maximum number of recoverable sets that you can do in a week, which is, you know, it's only an average. It's sort of vague. It's going to be different from each for each person, but uh, we'll get into that another time. So I just want you to think about if you're stalled out or you're doing the same three sets of 10 or you're doing the same workouts, you can find one of those ways, right? 
less rest, more work in the week, uh, higher weight, or for example, switching your form up, something that I've been doing uh, for my back workouts lately is actually reducing the amount of weight that I use because I've been having issues with my back and you can't necessarily, because you're using your lower back to support what you're doing, what I'll do is drop the weight by like 20% and focus on a peak contraction, right? I was doing lat pull downs and rows yesterday and I found I could use uh, about 20% less weight or even more. If you're on a pull down and you hold that position for a one count, right? If you're doing a pull up and you hold that top position for a one or two count, the number of reps that you have to do to, uh, you know, get the same fatigue that you do not stopping there, it goes down drastically. So it's great for something if you're injured or, you know, something else is preventing you from lifting as heavy as you normally do. You pause in the most difficult parts of the range of motion. Like when you're benching, you know, maybe pause right above your chest. And that way, if, if you're stuck as far as plateauing uh, on the actual weight that you can do maximally, you can't push past that then spend some more time in the most difficult part of the range of motion. I'm not necessarily saying go slow for everything, but you can pause and then still go explosive and come back, right? You know, I'll explode into that back movement and hold it right there and then let it go. So I just like thinking in terms of progressive overload. We're talking about work. We're talking about stress, you know, what's going to stress your muscles more. And that can be achieved in a number of ways. There's more than one way to skin a cat. There's more than one way to be a jacked motherfucker. We haven't done Hey That Hurts in a while. Now, a lot of you may not know this, I realize, because even some of my friends didn't know it, but the first couple Hey That Hurts I did, it was me writing the jokes about myself. Why? Because my haters aren't clever enough to come up with stuff, right? Now, I recently posted a couple headshots that I did. Shout out Laura Burke Photography. Um, and the point of headshots is like, you always want to look like a character that you might play. So I posted these. The first one on my page is uh, me in a suit and a shirt with no tie, sort of giving a, a wry little half smile to the camera. There we go. And my caption is, haters will say you won't comment below with what the guy in this picture does for a living with wrong answers only. Now, some of these actually were really accurate. There's so many, like I got like 390 comments on this one, which is really fun. A lot of them were super funny. Now, I'm just going to preface this by saying, the reason that I'm reading these out is it's actually incredible to me how much more clever my actual followers are versus my haters, you know, my supportive followers versus my, you could still be following me and be a hater, but the jokes that you guys came up with and the shit that you typed out, it's like so much more funny. And it just goes to show you that when you don't actually have animosity towards someone, you can be so much more creative, I think, versus like, I know somebody comes at me and I like, I, you know, even though sometimes the lines do get blurred. When a hater's coming at me, it's like, ooh, you have this animosity. And I can tell because what you're saying just isn't funny and it's repetitive. It's almost like ideology versus creativity, you know? Like, you don't meet a lot of like super creative racists, for example, because it's ideology. They learn the ideology from somebody else and they have to come at you and say the same exact phrases and words and, and ideas because if they were open-minded about it, it didn't have like, this weird animosity towards that racial or ethnic group or whatever, um, you know, and they thought for themselves, they wouldn't be racist in the first place. So I'm not saying if you hate me, you're racist, but it's a similar <laughs> thought pattern. Maybe you are, I don't know. Maybe <clears throat> you don't like tan white guys. Um, so a lot of these just tickled me so much. Um, let's read some of them. <laughs> Sells butt implants, facts. Hella Mark Austin is an American pastor, televangelist, and author of bestseller Shake My Fucking Head. Goes door to door selling essential oils to the UFC gyms. May steal your girl, may steal your car. Um, huh. Let's see. Female body inspector. Motivational speaker with the famous tagline, respect the cock. Shout out Magnolia and Tom Cruise. Marketing director for Paul Mitchell, the lead singer for 80s rock band Winger. 100,000% is the top leader in Vampire Diaries. Role plays with little kids on film. Hey, that hurts. Was the inspiration for the lion from Madagascar. This guy sells teeth whitening products and also fucked my girl once. She came back with fresh breath and a big smile, so he's good in my books. Oh, and his name is Chet or Danny or something. You look like the guy who makes sure all the dudes are putting their buttholes on the air jets properly in the swimming pool. <laughs> Dick sucking cheeks. Uh, a professional sick ass fool. That is accurate. This motherfucker sold me a hot tub. 
uh, rodent exterminator. He studs at a lion breeding ranch for gay lions. Accurate AF. He does magic for animals only. Kevin Dillon's cousin. Wow, did you write that one? I did not. <laughs> uh, clearly, you're who the character Zohan was based off, uh, and your work at Paul Mitchell's salon during the men's hair and 80s styles only. Definitely feel like you're about to give me either legal or financial advice. Uh, a magician with a couple of girthy tigers. Host the Lovers Will Say podcast. That is wrong. Um, I recognize this photo from a grinder commercial. Hurtful. Let's see here. Deuce Bigelow, Hella Mark Harley, the Gigolo. A star buffer for gay porno. Um, what do I do for a living? Your girl. He does all your girls for a living. Oh, I thank you. Let's see. Teaches classes on how to become a Harlequin romance cover model. Looks like you're going to grant me a wish in exchange for my soul. Because I'm the devil. Let's see. Tennis coach in Malibu. Um, this dude works at Jiffy Lube. This guy who sells me a car when he doesn't work for the dealership. Let's see. Professional swinger party attendee. Uh, haters will say he's a real Kevin Nash tribute act. <laughs> and we'll bring it back with that. I'm going to look at this other one real quick, too. This guy is an avocado farmer who raises gerbils in his free time. Def stops at yellow lights for a living. This guy curls in the squat rack. Connor's new movement coach. Plant grab ass in the park. Uh, you used Faced app to make yourself look older here. Stick to the young dad roles. Grandpa doesn't suit you. Wow. <clears throat> Let's see. Sexual financial advisor. Tells people what sexual positions to invest in. VD awareness billboard model. This guy wears sleeveless sweatshirts under his jackets but keeps it a secret. Sells vials of DNA on a corner on the Lower East Side. Once a Pentecostal woman who has made the switch and is running the biggest megachurch in the world, known specifically for wearing shorts that expose his new dick root and speaking in tongues with Joel Olstein. Is that a Justin Bieber reference? We'll bone your mother while teaching your father how to build the physique that your mother is looking for in the first place. Saving marriages. That's right. Let's see. Sells used golf cart batteries to English-speaking Latinos. <laughs> uh, yoga studio in the metaverse. A human dire wolf. Kevin Nash calf double. <laughs> uh, professional drop shipper who works 100% of the time out of your local coffee shop. Drives an Audi that constantly needs repairs. Has his own master clap, Has his own masterclass that you can buy online and is obsessed with 10Xing. I love the creativity there. The originality and creativity. You guys are so smart and funny. Unlike my haters. Is the only, is the one guy that successfully contacts you about your car's extended warranty. I like that. Breeds and trains centaurs. He's the second last samurai. Life coach, Tony Throbbins. <laughs> All right, we can end there. Good job, people. I'm going to start doing that more often because the shit you come up with was legitimately impressive. And I'm proud of each and every one of you who left a comment. All right, I wanted to introduce a new segment called Teak the Zeke, where I'm going to critique your physique. Now, I didn't specifically give a call for people to send in their, their uh, physiques to be critiqued. But what I did was say, if you're buff, you can sit right here next to me and do a show in a matching outfit as you stay silent. The first person to submit a picture was a dude named Caleb Kreider. Um... And he said, seat me up, bro. I'm trying to assault a protein shake and a quarter-inch spaghetti strap tank top on your show. No training bra necessary. So I'm looking at this dude. Let me just give a shout-out to, okay, he looks natural, first of all. <clears throat> Could be wrong. But what a physique my man's got, right? Big old chest, broad shoulders, lean enough that you can see his abs. Got a lot of symmetry going on, right? Um, his arms, are, he looks like a young guy. I didn't ask how old he was, but, you know, this is a good aesthetic, natural physique, right? This is a kind of leanness where you go, this guy isn't killing himself to be 8%, but, like, you can show up to the beach, take your shirt off, and surprise some motherfuckers. Drop some panties. Get some pussies wet if you catch my meaning. Um, Caleb, I want to congratulate you on having a fantastic physique. Your arms are pretty well developed, good shoulders, and, you know, you just got that genetic gift of 
kind of looking like a Steve Reeves type, you know, with the big square chest um, and small waist. You got a lot to work with. And oh, let's check out the back too. Look at that. If we scroll down a little bit, uh huh, there we go. Some nice trap development, good shoulders, good triceps. Um, again, this is what, you know, when you're nice and lean, things pop out more. And then we're going to go up to that lat spread. If you scroll up a little bit, there we go. Not bad, right? Good proportions. And again, very achievable physique. He's got some good muscle. He doesn't have a lot of body fat, nothing too crazy or extreme. And I guarantee this is the kind of physique that, that girls are into, you know, because if you're ever thinking about doing steroids because you're going to get girls from it, eh, wrong answer. They don't give a shit. <laughs> they just like guys, you know, who have regular nice bodies. Um, you're doing steroids for the guys, to be honest with yourself. All right, next segment. Next up, we got a lot of people been asking me. Now, a lot of people have been asking me, hey, can I come work on your show? And that's cool and everything. Um, he did it in a, this guy, Jaden, I've been talking to a little bit. He did it in a respectful way. He said, haters will say you won't give me an opportunity to change my life. And I said, hold that L, haters, not knowing actually what he was asking about. He said, packing my bags now. Now, for real, where are the applications to be like a sound guy for you or something? Because my only option is enlisting. Um... I said, I understand you want to better your life and don't doubt you'll work very hard for that. I would uh, try to think of, oh, wait, I'm reading this out of order. Okay. Basically, I'll just summarize this. Um, he was like, let me come work as a sound guy. I'm like, do you have any experience in sound? He's like, no. You know, and I'm like, okay, you know, let's just examine that real quick. Also, like, I'm not hiring these people. You know, I'm in a working in a studio and I'm not making these direct hiring decisions, but also I just tried to explain to him, because he's an 18-year-old kid, it turns out. Um, usually it's not how it works, is you don't go like, I'll do anything. It's like, well, we already have all the positions filled with people who know how to do stuff that they're being asked to do. You know, there's not a lot of great time to, to like, figure it out on the job. Maybe that happens sometimes, but, you know, certainly not in Los Angeles. So basically I was like, do you have any passions? Like you, um, he described to me wanting to, you know, he's like, either I want to do, like, if I don't get out, I'm going to have to enlist. Um, and my brother's raising the rent on me, and it's just kind of like trying to force him out of the, um, I think it's a stepbrother, actually. He just kind of described, like, a difficult situation at home, and now that he's 18, I think he's kind of, like, being forced out, and he's like, you know, I might have to enlist unless I do something else. I'm like, well, you know, enlisting might not be the worst thing in the world because people look at you like people who have come out of the military. And it's very impressive to a lot of people because you learn certain skills that you don't otherwise learn even in regular jobs and especially not in college. So if that's an option, it's not a bad option. Now, he went on to tell me, um, I said, do you have any specific passions now? Are you trying to still figure that out? Um, he said, fitness is my only passion. It helped me get out of a lot of places and give me some self-worth. If I were to enlist, I was going for a 68 Fox, which is great physical therapy, or which is a physical therapist, then getting out and trying to get hired as a sports physician in sports medicine and create my own business and lead into the social world, uh, such as podcast programs and getting my personal training, uh, I think he meant certification. I said, that kind of sounds like a dope plan, though. Um, I said, how old are you? Where do you live? He said, 18, North Carolina. I said, I think if your passion is fitness, it could be a very good idea to follow that plan. There's a lot of money to be made in the fitness world if you have a high level of expertise and a passion for what you do. And if you have other interests, I would also encourage you to at least try an online, online class or tutorials on YouTube. It's an amazing time to teach yourself things and explore new passions. Um, so that just kind of summarizes my approach to anybody who's that age, right? I'm not going to tell everybody to follow their passions if that doesn't make sense for you. If you have a wife and kids and, you know, you're making money as a, you know, working for a corporation, like don't give all that up to be a painter because you have responsibilities and you're 50 years old. Um, maybe still do it if that's really what's going to make you happy and you don't give a fuck about your family. But, you know, when you're 18, the world is your oyster. And, there's so much available online these days, like just, you know, getting a YouTube premium account. Think about all the things that you can learn how to do. Um, Google now offers, you know, certifications that you can learn how to like code and be a graphic designer and, and user experience designer in all these um you know, it's a free class that allow you to make a hundred bucks an hour for Google if you if you pass the certification. So when you're that age and 
in 2021, there are so many opportunities for you to learn and teach yourself online. But ultimately it comes down to like, what are you passionate about? And if it's fitness, that's great. Now, if you don't mind scrolling down a little bit to his pictures, he sent me these pics. And uh, I said, damn, for an 18-year-old, like, you've got a great physique, right? You're already muscular and ripped and good-looking and, you know, guess what? People are going to flock to you. If fitness is your passion and you also look the part and you've been able to uh, make that, um, you know, physique naturally – then people are going to come to you and, and want to know exactly how you did that. So you look the part, you have a passion with it. I would say at least explore that because you're also going to learn a lot, you know, just pursuing whatever, training, expertise. These are things that will serve you for the rest of your life specifically, um, you know, if you if you learn how to work out and can show other people. And then you're just going to learn people skills, business skills, all that stuff. And in addition to going to the military, that could be a pretty sweet idea, you know. So uh, to me, that's a recipe for... You know, if you're 18, that's that's a damn good option. Certainly don't move out to Hollywood to become my sound guy when I don't fucking need you. But you've got a good plan already. So shout out to Jaden. You're on the right path. You know, if you're 18 or young and, and reading this, ask yourself, you know, what am I really into? Because if you're doing something, like I said, like you could learn how to code and get money. But if you don't like coding, guess what? You're going to end up wanting to kill yourself after a few months. Okay. You got to follow your passions because otherwise it's just never going to be worth it. And no amount of money is going to be a good enough incentive for you to hate your life every single day. Okay. So be like Jaden. All right. Thanks for watching or listening to this entire episode. If you've made it this far, you know, I sincerely appreciate all the views, all the listens, and also just the community that we've created of uh, support and positivity because even when I'm getting roasted by you guys on my pictures, it just really brightens my day to have, you know, uh, friends with a sense of humor who can roast me and, and make me laugh in times like these, even when I'm going through something dark. And, uh, you know, I just hope that I can provide a little something for you too if you're going through a dark time. Now, uh, if you haven't liked the video, if you haven't subscribed, if you haven't hit the notification bell, please do that. Please pass it on to a friend. That'll be my Christmas gift this year, all right? Pass it on to a friend. And also, check me out on CB Weeby's podcast. Check me out on Chappelle's World, which will have already dropped by the time I release this episode. And also, just check out this physique one more time, okay? We're just doing it right here because even in the darkest of times with a cat missing, okay? Even when the rest of my world is going to shit, I will still get up in front of you and show you that I haven't quit working out yet. So are you gonna fucking quit? Are you gonna say, oh my God, well, I didn't um, uh, get enough sleep last night, so I can't go to the gym. Or are you gonna be like me and say, it doesn't matter if my mom died tomorrow, I would still hit the fucking gym, all right? I'm here to go nuts in front of you because I am nuts about fitness, okay? And if you don't want life to put its nuts in your mouth, then get to the fucking gym today, all right?